2: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live on a couple of places on the internet. We are live on Crowdcast, live on YouTube, or maybe you're listening later. Noob, Apple, Spotify, yeah. Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's all good. And we have a uh, yeah what? show for you Alex, do it again. You Let's know, sometimes I to... hit
3: the wrong button. It's fine. No, uh, Alex look, never own that. That's just <laughs> boosting it up and bringing that energy. You know what? That
0: was our producer. Energy. Our producer fucked up again.
3: Yeah, I know. You. Don't ever (laughs) done no let's not we've never said that we have a producer that we don't ever talk about and (laughs) always anytime there's a mistake it's that person's fault
2: yeah
0: Um, what did uh what did uh king louis say le producer c'est moi wow something like that i think he (laughs) said
3: line producers suck i think i think our producer wrote that line for you so uh, i'll tell you what anyway
0: we're getting way too into the minutiae here, and we have some awesome guests, so I don't want to waste a lot of time here. Yeah, if you're listening time. to the audio podcast version, not to cheat the live show here, uh, but if you're listening to the audio podcast version, you're going to get a bonus interview oh, with the man. Valderrama Brothers, who are the creators of Giants and Giants, Volume 2, Ghosts of Winter. That's going to play after these regular live interviews here, so if you're watching live, Got a special bonus if you download the audio podcast. If you're already listening to the audio podcast, get ready for something super sweet in a little while. But super first, sweet. something that is equally super sweet. We're going to bring in a returning mm. guest here. He's one of our favorite writer artists. And we're going to bring him onto the show right now. He's got a new thing called Urban Barbarian. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Panosian. Hello. Yay. Hey, buddy. Hey.
3: How,
0: How are you? It? Good wow. to see you excited to talk about all of this so you've got a new what do we call it do we call it a zoop starter or what what is the thing on zoop
4: what's the
5: thing zoop Zoop a lot so if we can you know just keep saying that that's kind of fun you got got yourself a zoop (laughs) baby it's a (laughs) zoop starter Yes.
0: Uh, Well, you've got this great project uh, called Urban Barbarian. I'm going to bring it up here for the live audience over on Zoop. So this is a collection of a bunch of different works. Talk to us about how this project came about.
5: Well, I have uh, I did volume one and I did volume two, and this is and I haven't had a new book out in probably three years or more. So there's been a lot of work since um, the other the other two books came out. So. I was like, you know what? It's time to do it. And then Jordan from Zoop pretty much demanded it. It was, you know, was a little bit of a—it's kind of like a a mobster in a way. Like whereas like Kickstarter and Indiegogo or like you know those are pretty friendly crowdfunding. Jordan over at Zoop is a is a little bit of a bully, you know, and that's not very popular <laughs> these days. So, you know, that's what I—I didn't really have a choice. But I, you know, I don't want to make him upset
0: well this seems to be clearly focusing on you as an artist and I, you know. I think you've really been doubling down on i mean you've done the art but like you've been doubling down on yourself as a writer lately so is it nice to get back to the sphere and be focusing very specifically on the art yeah it,
5: it is a lot of fun um these days i've been i've been drawing canary um, for mm-hmm. scott Snyder um, for comicsology and, and what's gonna kind of, and what's kind of nice is all the books that I do, write. I, I generally do um, design work that doesn't really get seen except by the artists working on the book. So I'm going to include it in this book. So you kind of get a behind the scenes sort oh, of that's cool. peek yeah, yeah. into the nice. process of like putting a book together as, as well as like, you know, there's all the variant covers and um, some, some pages I'm kind of proud of. And then a ton of um, drink and draw artwork, you know, and we mm-hmm. have a, we have like a live stream YouTube show that every time we, we do, even if we have a guest, sometimes we, you know, we'll folk, if it's built with someone like Bill Sienkiewicz, maybe we'll draw Moon Knight or, you know, uh, depending on the guest, we'll, we'll pick a subject that, that, that works with that person. Now let me ask you,
3: if I'm looking at a a piece drawn during a drink and draw, how do I drink along with the the visual? (laughs) I think you're
5: able to, you know, pour whatever you want. Sometimes we, uh, you know, at actual drink and draws, we kind of miss those. We're going to start them up again. But, uh, you know, there's a lot more drinking. On, on the live stream, there's generally maybe one Bud Light consumed. It's about it. <laughs> oh.
0: Well, uh, talk about the content of the book a little bit. And maybe this is getting into the minutia too much. But I- I'm really no. curious when you're doing a project like this. As we're looking through it here on the Zoop page, you've got some Marvel art. I think there's probably a little DC art in there as well as some original art. How do you handle the rights for something like that in terms of selling your own book?
5: Well, what happens generally is it's it's for, um, what do they call it? For scholarly review is the way way you put it. And you don't want to, you know, I'm not going to have like a Marvel character or a DC character on the cover. Obviously Mm -hmm. you you saw that one cover cover image, but there's also... um, as far as I guess the the legal legality part of it you want to keep there's a percentage that you want to stay under um otherwise you're gonna uh-huh. have to have some have some problems there you can't the, the basic problem when you do books like that is if what's selling the book is the Marvel characters or the DC characters or the boom characters or, or you name it if if lawyers can kind of determine like oh people are buying this because of that as opposed to buying it because oh I'm a big fan of let's say Alex Ross came out with a book that was just work um you're buying it for alex ross so that's kind of how you have to plan it out and luckily i I work for so many different publishers and there's so many different odds and ends in this book that um you know it's 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 just a nice retrospective
3: now do you go through uh, as you're creating and are you like i'm gonna hold on to this one or do you <laughs> sift through the records? You're like, oh, yes, I love this one. I want to show this off more. How does the selection process go?
5: Yeah, I get I get kind of, you know, I'll do something and then three months later, I'll, I'll round file it. You know, I, I won't like it. So everything that's <laughs> gone into this book you know, is, is stuff that I, I I'm proud of, hopefully,
3: until after. It gets <laughs> so it's just stuff you there. haven't thrown away. It's basically. Yeah, it's all stuff, stuff that I want
5: to want to show, you know, like when you go to a convention and you see everybody's best artwork and you think that's yeah. exactly how they draw all the time that's that's this every time i go to a convention i come back like inspired but a little bit deflated you know like <laughs> oh. <laughs> i just that's saw that. this amazing like but you're seeing everybody's best stuff they're putting their best mm-hmm. foot forward and that's basically what these books are
0: you know what everybody should do is at conventions they should at their booth have the garbage can where they've thrown out all their <laughs> stuff and you can go through it <laughs> and be like okay
3: oh, yeah. i, I, I drink got to give Fun prank yeah. for you to show up who just <laughs> sniff people's garbage and dump it out on the table yeah. in Artiselli. I
5: remember um, whenever Bill Sienkevich has been to one of the actual drink and draws, um, you know, sometimes he'll draw something and crumple it up. All the eyes go, you know. Oh, man. And, and and people are like, oh, just, oh, I'm going to go get a beer. I'm and trying to grab that drawing or, <laughs> or find it in the trash. Um,
0: when uh, you're uh, putting. Yeah. When you're putting together a book like this, I mean, on kind of the same note we're talking about, I know writers always look at stuff and they're like, oh God, this I got to change this word. I got to make this a little better. Yeah. Do you do the same thing with your art or are you at a point where the, when you're curating stuff here, this is the stuff that you're
5: actually proud of and actually feel good about? Yeah, this is the only stuff I, I really don't have to touch up Um mm-hmm. But there, believe me, there's plenty of it. You always see, like, Zeta kept going back and noodling in on paintings, and sometimes, oh wow, yeah, you'd be like, oh, don't touch that one. That one's perfect. But um, no, there won't be any of that in this book, hopefully.
3: Yeah, all so. bangers is what they say. <laughs> I mean, there's
5: a lot of pages. There might be some duds in there at 116 pages. So,
3: just That's tear, pretty
5: awesome. If you buy the book and don't like a page, my advice: tear it out.
4: Throw
6: it. Wow. I love that. That's too painful to hear you say
5: that.
0: Uh, Now, you had mentioned another book that you're working on, which is Canary over at Comixology with Scott Snyder. (laughs) This is a pretty dark Western book. Uh, What has it been like working on that with Scott? And uh, what's it been like working with Comixology?
5: Well, working with Scott, we we started this. Originally, it wasn't necessarily going to be a Comixology book. And then the pandemic hit. And we were like, okay, we, you know, is that the producer?
4: That's right. Is yeah, that that's the, justice yeah. producer, right? <laughs> yep. Album. In a Don't way, we talk about it. for yeah, anybody listening a little, to the
5: audio podcast, nothing just happened. Nothing I Nothing happened happened to see of, here of any see. of these screens whatsoever. Um. But yeah, no, so we, we uh, started working on it. And obviously, Scott kind of, for each book that came out through Comixology, every book that he comes out with, he, he, he has more in mind, like, oh, I want to work with this artist. And um, I really like Westerns. I like crime noir. Um, yeah. So he, he, he we decided to kind of fashion something around that. And he had, obviously had some great ideas. And uh, he ran it by me, and we picked it. And um, I have to say, working with him, out of all the writers I've ever worked with, it's the most back and forth you get sometimes you just oh, get a nice. script and it is what it is and the writer doesn't necessarily want to talk to you um oh, you know yeah. not necessarily because they're horrible people maybe they are but um, <laughs> <laughs> no. what does that book about? yeah exactly <laughs> <the tell all. laughs> yeah but no he, he's he's been great collaborating and um you know if I have an idea he'll humor me and we'll, he'll throw it in there. So it's it's pretty nice. Cool. Um, Now
0: we've talked to a bunch of people, not just over the years, but also recently as Comixology Originals has officially launched in terms of how they hit it. Uh, Meaning specifically in terms of the layout of the page, there's been some folks that have talked about, Oh yeah, you know what? I'm not worrying about it. We're just laying out a page, let Comixology deal with the whole guided view thing. Other folks are very specifically writing for the guided or drawing for the guided Mm -hmm. view. Uh, What's your take on it? How are you hitting it?
5: Well, at at first, that was a little bit of a concern of mine, but this book is also going to be published by Dark Horse. So Mm -hmm. I I had to keep in mind that it's going to be a regular book, a a graphic novel that's going to collect all the issues together. But, um, you know, there's not a lot of overlapping panels. And sometimes, you know, artists like to get fancy and have maybe panels that overlap. Comixology, uh, for their particular app, they have to do a little bit of extra work. But you know what? For me, I think of it like give them a challenge. You know,
3: nice. You nice. Know, make them uh, that paycheck. You have right, on nice. your on your Zoop um, at the bottom a fun fact. And I don't know, maybe this has already been talked about, but um, you made all the fake comic book covers from the movie Logan.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, nice.
3: Can you ta- <laughs> gotcha? Can you talk yeah. about um, how that came together and sort of uh, what what, oh, yeah, that, that what do you wanted to put out there?
4: Yeah.
5: Well, I'm a big I'm a big fan of uh, Logan and Wolverine. And uh, hell yeah, when they came out with that movie, it, it was not it's not a Marvel movie per se. Um, so Marvel yeah. wasn't interested in giving them any comic books to use whatsoever, but comic books were a, a part of the plot. Like yeah. his daughter it has never seen him before, and she's she's a mutant obviously also, and the there's mutants in these comic books, and they're finding a like a utopia, like a place that they can. Uh, you know all live happily ever after and but they needed artwork and they needed old comics they needed comics that looked like they were from the 80s so I got to do all these retro covers nice. and I also put in like fake names that were kind of riffs on like John Byrne's name or Dave Cochran's name or Rubenstein or Zaki Ontario and I'm trying to mimic their it's something that you'd never really see you'd have to really right. zoom in have a you know 4k Ultra TV to really maybe spot some Which, of this stuff
3: they're out there yeah I guess people <laughs> can do it. yeah I've
5: even seen like bootleg comics where I posted enough of the art where people have created the comic book um because yeah. later on Joe Cassada came in and he landed up penciling um the story sequence that they flipped through mm. um and I got to basically turn that into like a retro comic book ink it color it letter it um I might have even I may have even done the writing I'm not I'm not sure but I did another to fill out the comic book I wrote an entire little x-men story and did covers cool. ads. i put my wife in the ad you know brushing her teeth for a toothbrush i mean it was fun i put nice. a, a wrestler mma friend of mine in there like doing some kind oh, of snickers
3: well. bar thing <laughs> had, had that's awesome uh, mean, you know, remember well. this do you remember the plot of the the story that you wrote uh, um, I it imagine was, it won't see publication publication. Yeah, was
5: like, it was basically Kitty Pride getting nervous that her family was coming to visit her and everyone kind of reassuring her that, you know, we're your family now and it's okay. And, oh, you know, that's it's, nice. very right. cute. Nice. Adorable. Well,
0: I was going to say on the opposite end of the spectrum, now that it's all under the same roof and even Logan is on Disney+, Plus, maybe there is a possibility this could come out.
5: Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. It, it took about six months and a lot of freedom just to do whatever kind of homage covers I wanted to. And um, Right.
3: You're not working with an editor. You're working with like a production designer. Probably yeah, and exactly. The, and the art direction team who were just like, this is cool. And none of that. Editorial. <laughs> Don't
0: stress, send it to us. Uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about one of our favorite books. I think we've talked about every issue on our stack podcast where we review stuff. Uh, Alice Ever After Ooh. from Boom. Oh, um, yeah. So this is... Uh, well, tell me if you describe it this way. This is how we've been talking about it on the stack. But we've yeah. been kind of talking about it as like, what if Alice in Wonderland was in the real world or took place in the real world? And that's where it starts, but then it starts to
5: riff and spin off from there is that how you kind yeah, of think about that, the book that's basically it it's 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 more centered on the real world and and she obviously she has these trips to wonderland and she'd prefer to be in wonderland because her real life as a young adult is pretty horrible so pretty dark, she's trying to yeah. find a way to maybe permanently go to wonderland to erase her problems but you know as she gets closer and closer to that maybe actually becoming a reality um you know it becomes less attractive to her as it goes and we're we're i think the fourth issue is out right now mm-hmm. the final issue is out august 31st cool um, and there's talk of maybe a sequel um but All it's right. a pretty grim uh tale as it goes it's darker and darker
0: what sure. do you think is so appealing or at least what is appealing to you about these lewis carroll stories that keep drawing people back and keep having them riff on them time and time again
5: I think i think you know it's it's just like alice herself you know those fairy tales are escapes for us i mean that's why we read comic books to escape so this is a classic and we kind of you know even if let's say you never read the books and you only as a little kid saw alice at wonderland that's still somewhere in your subconscious so you have a little bit of an affinity for alice already or maybe for the cheshire cat and, and what i wanted to do is kind of take some of those things and turn them upside down and that sounds cliche but you know just change it but there's enough familiarity there that that you know you have some kind of sense of these characters already and maybe some kind of emotional bond or or feeling it should kind of take you back in a way to feeling like you did when you were a kid but there are adult topics that we're we're, um, examining
3: and what I, what I like about it is it sort of flips uh, Lewis Carroll's model of um, having like whimsy with a dark underbelly that you sort of like feel the entire time, but it's less overt. And you were like, no, no, it's sort of dark up front. And the whimsy yeah. is sort of what <laughs> everyone's chasing a little bit throughout. the. Yeah. Story. That's
5: been, it's been a blast. I've really had fun. It's kind of sad to see it coming to an end. That's why we're talking about the possibility of another series. But even yeah. as a, even as a, series a standalone five issue series it has a it has kind of a i don't i really don't want to give much away it's I yeah, hope don't I really spoil have, it man we're I gonna read it to the, the uh the podcast when you guys do examine the final issue and see what you think no okay. oh, can't okay.
0: wait man. Oh, i'm excited yeah. uh before we let you go that's obviously a lot of projects that you have under your belt right now but anything else coming out that you want to plug
5: uh there's there's a few other publishers you know it's one of those things where you're not supposed to talk about it until the announcements made, but, but man, I'm so, so busy. I'm doing more writing than I am drawing and that's today. I'm actually, I'm so happy I'm drawing Canary, um, which which is a lot of fun, but I have an, I have another book. It's a Western I'm working on. Um, but I I like to, I kind of like to balance it off with a a lot of different topics. That's two Westerns in in a row, but there's, there's, you know, I like, I like the fantasy elements, um, some superhero stuff, but I'm not I'm not writing any of that currently. Yeah,
0: Well, uh, we love everything that you're doing. And again, an un, uh, I was about to say an unkindness of raisins because that was the top of my Raisins? Head. Of raisins? raisins? <laughs> of raisins? Wow. That,
3: I don't know. <laughs> write that down. That's a
0: people. Right there. That's You could have a crossover with the California raisins. I don't think anybody's doing it's more it. more than two scoops and unkindness. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Urban that? Barbarian is on soup right probably- now for the next <laughs> next 23 days. It's a very cool project, Dan. Always good chatting yeah. with you, and uh, enjoy those raisins.
5: All right. Enjoy enjoy Matt uh, Kent up next, I guess. Oh, right? yeah.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, yeah. Dan. Thanks, Dan. All right. Thanks, Dan. All right thanks, Dan. you guys. Thank you so much.
5: Sick T-shirt. All
0: right. There we go. Once again, Dan Pinozian from An Unkindness of Raisins to Scoops of Raisins. Come on, dude. Course, Plug and stop. sun
3: I'm going to go Go yell at my producer here. (laughs) Clearly, that was a mistake uh, on our part over here.
0: Uh, But seriously, Urban Barbarian Collected Works is on Zoop for the next 23 days. Right now, it's got 15,000 out of 10,000, but I believe there's some stretch goals that are going to pop up. Uh, It's a gorgeous, gorgeous book.
3: Definitely check it out.
0: And as Dan plugged, we're going to bring our second guest in here. Now, another one of our absolute favorite creators who has huge new projects with Flux House and Mind Management Bootleg. Ladies and Matt Kent, hello.
4: Hey. How's it hey, going? Hey.
0: All right. Uh, great to have you back on. Great to, to chat. Uh, Mind Management Bootleg this is the first title. Is, is this correct? Is the first title out of Flux House, which is your imprint? Is that the right way of putting it?
2: Yeah
4: yeah it's uh, the first new
2: first title it's not the it's not the first thing with the logo on it i i did a deck of cards like a really mm, strange yeah. deck of cards that has uh, is the first thing i put the logo on but it's not going to be out till october okay oh there you That's go cool. um
0: my <laughs> Butte Leg though is awesome we also talked about this on our stack podcast i love this book i was so oh, excited thanks. to see might management back and existing again uh, the big deal I think beyond the fact that it's returning is you have Farrell Dalrymple on the art. So you're not doing the art. Uh, Was it hard at all to let go of that and pass it on to somebody else? No, that's the hardest part
2: is the drawing. (laughs) That's the easiest
0: part.
3: (laughs) Easy to pass up.
2: No, that's like, that's the funny answer. But The real real answer was it was a little bit weird um, to give it up. And if I was going to do it, I wanted to make sure it was going to be artists that I was a really just a huge fan of, you know, and and people that I really loved and trusted with with this project because my management's like my like if uh, everybody's like, oh I like all my all my things equally, you know, or like I love all my kids the same, which is totally a lie. You know, like my mom my mom loved me better. (laughs) And then I love uh, I love I'm just kidding, Carl. Shout out to your siblings. (laughs) (laughs) He was the favorite. I was the one they were worried about. (laughs) But <laughs> But, uh, but uh, yeah, my management is my favorite thing, you know, and, and I, uh, I just wanted to make sure that we got artists that uh, I would be excited about seeing, uh, you know, and I knew that uh, whatever, they'd be better than anything I could do. <laughs> and they did. They did. A would you call
3: job. Would you call Bootleg an entry point for people that haven't read it? I feel like it does such a great job of sort of um, a, a book, my manager that is like, that goes deep. Starting at least from the outside and moving in, um, it was that the intention.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think I started. I was gonna write a mind management novel, um, and then I actually wrote like, I outlined the whole thing and plotted it, and I had half have half of it written. And then I realized like, I just want to do I don't know one thing. Novels don't didn't pay <laughs> very well. Comics <laughs> don't pay that great either. But I was like, mm, I'm gonna do the. They're less work than a novel. Uh, but writing a <laughs> novel. Uh, it was interesting because I thought, well, this is, it needs to be a thing that for anybody that hasn't read the comic before. Um, so I approached this the same way where I, I wanted it to be really, this is like a recruitment pamphlet, you know, for people to sort of get sucked into the world. So like, if it's going to be that, then it needs to be something where you can just pick it up and read it and you don't need to know anything else. And, uh, and I know everybody says that like good jumping on point and, and all that, but, uh, really that is the purpose of this in a way is to, to, uh, reintroduce or introduce people to mind management that have never heard of it, you know, and uh, and sort of just get them sucked into the rest of it, into the madness. Um, I yeah. do want to mention before we get too
0: deep for anybody who hasn't read mind management, uh, it's, it's tough for me to distill it down into a simple pitch line, but essentially it's people who can control aspects of the world through different aspects of their minds is that is that a fair way to put it or is that too reductive
2: <laughs> I don't even I don't know what you're talking about
4: <laughs> that's confusing yeah, manage no. your mind alex <laughs> sorry man. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: no that that works you know i i always called them uh, spies with mind powers you know, mm-hmm. you know? Ooh, nice. and i always felt like one thing i liked about like i'm an old school valiant fan like of the oh, nice, of the not a new school, I guess. Too, I wrote a bunch of Valiant comics, but I can't be a fan of the things I wrote, <laughs> so I won't. Say <laughs> that. But what I liked about that universe was it was super, kind of superheroes, but but I know like Jim Shooter and his original like mission statement for Valiant was like it's rea- our reality, but like turned up like ten percent, you know. And mm-hmm. I felt like this is what that is to me. It's like it's our reality, but or your brain, how your brain works, but turned up ten percent. So like everything is grounded in some kind of science you know people don't have superpowers they don't have like they kind of have mind powers but not really it's things your brain can do but but turned up uh really loud
3: i love mm. that and i feel like comics are such an immersive uh art form but there's something about mind management that sort of fucks me up when i read it like it, <laughs> it, it, it like gets inside my brain is that i mean that, that feels intentional but i guess my question is how do you do that
2: <laughs> yeah no I think uh, I think this is the book where everything I'd done beforehand before this was a traditional story and I was playing with format and different things but this is the first one where I felt like the content of the story and this the idea of like how twisting reality and what is real and and who do you trust and this, these ideas of paranoia this is the first book where I felt like um, the book needed to be to embody those things, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, there's tons of hidden things in there. I told my wife, I was, I was like, this is uh, people have probably only discovered maybe like 50% of what I put in the original series. Like as far as like hidden stuff and messages and, and just the different references to things. Um, and I, and I needed to write like a, like a annotations for it, you know, so you could go wow. through But yeah. whatever, it seems like a lot of work. <laughs> I'd yeah.
4: Well, it, it's interesting it on
0: that note to hear you talk about, trying to write a novel for it because I do think like we're talking about a lot of mind management is almost purposefully the text at odds with what the images are telling you. So not to take you back to that project, but how would you have handled that if it was just text, if it was just a novel?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. It was different. In it, and I felt like the novel was great because it let me, I could explore so much more like inner inner uh, mm-hmm. monologue, inner dialogue, and uh, and then more character detail like there's there's a lot of things like i worked in comics for 20 years and you you really can only scratch the surface of character you know it it really is like such a visual medium that you don't it it sacrifices some of the the character and some of the deeper things and i'm and so what i've been trying to do is sort of solve that in comics you know is like get that inner dialogue get that Mm -hmm. get the richness of character that you can get in novels and in a yeah, and that was the thing missing from the novels, like I kept wanting to do like I was like, How do I mess with the format in this novel? You know? <laughs> and uh and I had ways to do it. There are you know what I mean? I had things I was embedding in the text and bolding things uh-huh. and and then uh somebody uh like one of the ideas I, I uh had somebody tweeted, they're like there's a t- there's a missing apostrophe in issue one of bootleg and uh and I was like, Oh well that's Every every typo that's going to be in the series is like part of a secret message. So all the missing parts or the missing pieces spell out a thing. So that may or may not be true. Wow. <laughs> but, but that's yes. the kind of thing I'm playing with. And, and uh, I really do. I want like especially this project. I want you to read it and then not and kind of feel paranoid. Like, uh, am I getting it all? You know, I'm getting. I want get the main story. You're entertained. The Art looks great. You get the story. But I want you to have that nagging feeling that maybe you should read it one more time. i love that Um, we're
3: such completists now where it's like i must consume everything and for you to purposefully frustrate that i love it
4: well
0: i mean given what you said earlier in terms of bringing in Farrell dalrymple to do the art and that it was this very freeing thing of like "Ah, i can let that part of it go how does that work with mind management in particular being so structured
2: at the same time it's terrible. There's a reason why only uh, every issue is one artist, because <laughs> 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 I, I was I broke barrel and I didn't want to break. Him <laughs> <with him. laughs> so uh, no, he he did a great job. But yeah, like my scripts for these are different than my normal scripts for other things that are more collaborative. Like this definitely wasn't as it's not as collaborative as I like to be with artists um, because I just uh, you know what I mean it just needed to be it needed so, to have all this. Yeah. stuff in it yeah so so i was rereading the script i'd sent Farrell, and i was like oh boy i felt i felt real bad <laughs> but the issue turned out so great and i know it uh it took a while you know he worked a really long time on it and uh and it's like some of it's my favorite work of his because it's some of it's so funny there's a there's a page in there with a bunch all the character it's, it's a dialogue back and forth it may be like 15 panels on that page you know and it's just the characters wow. talking back and forth and it's my favorite page just because it's So funny, and the way he did the cartooning and everything was just, uh, whatever. It was right up my
0: alley. Uh, Matt, I I love that.
2: We have a couple
0: of questions here actually from YouTube. I wanted to throw out at you. This is from Cali Comics. I absolutely loved Fear
2: Case. Is there any screen talk? Uh, yeah, (laughs) there is. You know, (laughs) like, I feel like that's a good one. Like, I I rarely, I never really think about the comic book in any other format, uh, Hmm. than until I'm done with the book and then people are like oh who would you like who would you cast as this or that I'm like I don't know I never think about that stuff but um that was one when I was done I was like oh you could do it could be a pretty creepy movie you know I think it would be pretty yeah. good and uh, so there's talk of that there's a bunch there was supposed to be an announcement I thought it was happening yesterday but and then I thought we could talk about it today but there's a bunch of things <laughs> they're announcing <laughs> but I think probably later in the week. It'll probably be like right after this is over. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: it's very funny to hear you talk about uh, not casting anybody in the lead for your books. Did you have any idea of who might be cast in the lead of, say, like a Berserker movie or something like that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty uh, obvious when you're co-writing it, and then the person you're co-writing <laughs> with is referring to the main character as I. I would do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's great. So I uh, yeah, I started doing the same thing with there's a Caldwell who's like the sort of like creepy science guy and he's like the head of a cult. I don't that might be a spoiler. I don't know what issues out yet mild spoiler so nine or ten or something yeah. like that anyway right? there's like this cult around him and everything so then i just started doing that with the caldwell character it was like well then i do that if you do that then i'm doing this wow way to <laughs> turn the table no, i don't want to be i don't want to be in the movie i can't act i can't act i need to be
3: you know watch well, well, your I eye just, statements um, then buddy yeah you <laughs> know
0: Uh, I mean, not to stick with the Berserker stuff, but to ask about something that happened recently, I was so pleased as a comic book fan to see you have a Berserker panel. I mean, I know it wasn't just that, but in Hall H at San Diego Comic-Con, what was that experience like doing that in that massive, massive hall?
2: I told told my wife afterwards, I I was like, I'm worried I'm a sociopath because I wasn't nervous at all. (laughs) Like, it was fun. It felt great. I was really excited for comics, you know, but I was like, I... I was like, "Why was I not? I don't understand why I wasn't."
4: Uh,
2: well, that many people, more. you
3: sort of can't see it. It's just yeah, annoying. it was dark like too. Walk. So yeah, you can only
2: yeah. see the front row, you know, and, and then they're they're not yelling for me, which took all the pressure off. I was like, "Oh, this is great," you know. I'm just, <laughs> I'll just I was an observer, an amused observer. But well, no, that- I will say seriously though, uh, I know that Keanu really believed he wanted that panel to be about the comic book. 'Cause all the other stuff we knew that was going on for a while and everything. And he and he did all he could to make sure that the focus is on the comic. They showed the trailer for the comic and we showed art for it and and uh talked about the process and everything. And uh to his credit, like that's what he wanted that panel to be about. And uh it meant a lot to me. And I, I tell him all the time, I'm like, look, I've been doing this twenty years and I have never seen anything like this. Like the way he sort of like re-energized comics, got new readers in, helped out comic shops you know it was like he didn't I don't think he realized the impact he'd had you know so I, I made him aware of it I was like I was like look at look at what you're doing like that's really drama.
3: cool and, and let me ask you like it feels like he is such an energized part of this has he always been a comics person or is it like this project has brought him into the fold in a huge way
2: uh yeah yeah I think he he'd always read comics and he grew up reading he was a little older than I was, but we grew up reading a lot of the same stuff, you know, Watchmen, Dark Knight, you know, Alan Swamp Thing. And, and then and then like me, he kind of drifted out of it and then came back into it. You know, I think I think everybody kind of has that weird gap where like you're in college or out of college or you get married or you do, you know what I mean? Like adult stuff begins happening in your life. So you're yeah. like, like you sort of dip away from it and then come back to it. Um, it was weird for me because I was I was always doing comics, but I still had that gap. You know, I was like, I was like making them, but I don't have, I don't have time to collect or read them or whatever. I just, I'm too busy making them. Um, So we, we, I think everybody probably lifelong readers kind of have that gap in it, but. So it was yeah. fun to like reintroduce them. I'm like, hey, read this. Look at this. Look at David Rubin's
4: wow. stuff. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Uh,
0: I mean, uh, given all that, though, there was a lot of other stuff that was announced at the Hall H panel. Uh, I'm curious how involved you are and how involved Ron Garney is in. There's the, I think, two seasons of a Netflix anime as well as the live action movie down the road.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't want to say too much because I'm not. They haven't told me what to not talk about. So, okay, <laughs> <But> I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. I've seen things. Like the lookbook was was amazing for the anime stuff and, and uh what's great about that is like it's a real anime anime studio and, and so like it's gonna have that it's gonna have oh, like that's a, awesome. And I know we had choices too of like, you know, who who for animation and uh and I was definitely me and Count, we all pushed for like let's do we wanna do real real anime, you know, and have I'm like so a, nice. a traditional studio and and uh and I think doing that like the trade-off is like well we give up some of the control of like we're not going to dictate but i think that was the beauty of it too is it's like take this and like and then make it put it through that lens you know filter mm-hmm. it through the anime lens and then make it something unique and uh and then the stuff i've seen far looks like that and
3: uh wow yeah does that let um, you sort of take new pleasure in it where you're seeing it and it's like oh look they did this whole other thing yeah it's cool I never it really is
2: neat. yeah it's cool it's it's neat to see like our seed of idea or whatever, twisted into something new and, and like it's familiar, but also like very different. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I get a kick out of it.
0: Uh, I'm very excited to see it. I will say I'm a little I'm bummed that we won't get to see Ron Garney's images because I love his art so much, oh, but yeah, yeah. So it'll good. be exciting to see something. different. Yeah. I think at the same time, No, it's,
2: it'll be good. But yeah, I feel like uh, the comic uh, book is the thing, right? Like that's they won't mess with the comic. Our, it's mm-hmm. our pure vision, and that's like that's the base for everything else.
6: Uh, but speaking of uh, amazing art and stuff, it looks like you got some great stuff behind you, and then on that spinner rack, I'm very curious if you wouldn't
2: mind giving us a little little yeah, peek this, here. This is a, oh my god, this is from Barrel. This is a cover he did for Ether. I don't know if you can. Oh kind of wow! Really it. Yeah. it looks like it's a Renaissance painting. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's still. Uh, wow. we, we put it in a Renaissance frame. <laughs> it's one of my favorites i put uh, it down here. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm so <no>. nervous for you. I don't want the break. Yeah, that was a. Uh, what else do we got? We got a Tyler Cook, Blade Runner up there. Oh wow, dope! Uh, this is Brian Hurt. Did this painting. It's the. Gosh, what is uh like, There are lights in the way of it. I can't. I can't remember the name of the album, but it was a.
3: Uh, God, who's the band even?
2: Anyway, I'll tell you later. You can put it in the show notes.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. Love that, Tyler Crook, though. That's dope. Uh While we're mentioning
2: stuff
0: on our shelves, I just want to give a shout out apropos of almost nothing. I can see it, but I can't reach it, so I can't bring it over. One of my absolute favorite press things that was ever sent down, and this is like a decade back, was they sent down a cigar box full of like mind management clues stuff. And I still have that here completely full. <laughs> like, it's the coolest thing because it was just That's all these so little things in a box that you can kind of put together. And, like, are they clues
3: to the comic book? I don't know. Yeah, but I love what, it. What? You I can't love... use your knees to stand up and get it? Come on, I can. You guys, yeah, here, ask a
0: question. I'll go grab it and I'll bring it over. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> yeah. ask a question. Yeah, do it. I want to see it.
3: Yeah, we want to see the cigar box. I... Look, Alex tries to yes. play it cool, but he's got a bunch of stuff over there. He's like, always talking about it. <laughs> it's about time we put the screws to him. Right. And got honestly, it. Yeah. Oh my god. Did I send that to you? Yeah. That's where <laughs> Alex keeps his weed, so he's nervous about it. <laughs> yeah. And that's Hello. the question You're that ready? I asked.
0: Oh, no. I, I was actually wrong. It was for Super Spy at Top Shelf. I mixed it up with Mind Master Yeah, yeah. This, well,
2: that's
0: old. Yeah. Yeah. Cigar box. Yeah, it's it from May there. 2008. And Whoa. other than, like, the note, that's, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's this awesome, like, little Super Spy box. Ooh. And there's these Canucks. Cards and there's some sort of like about the Canucks. Canucks, there's cyanide capsules over well, here. Yeah, oh, my a, don't,
2: eat those. Oh, no. don't eat
0: those. Don't eat those. I don't. don't I'm saving them small. for a special occasion. Yeah, they, they get good like after your a while. Kids, yeah, 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 and there's a couple of other things out there, but this is definitely something that like.
2: No, that's cool, man. Great. I I handmade all that stuff. That's all like. Are you wow. serious? <laughs> yeah. Wow.
4: Oh,
6: awesome. <laughs> um, make well, your it. own cyanide.
2: Yeah, They taste a lot like Tic Tacs. Um, Uh, Oh, nice! Interesting.
0: Okay, I'll have to try them later, I guess. And I guess we'll see what happens. I'll report back or not. Uh, (laughs) Let's get back to (laughs) Flux House for a second. So you've got Mind Management Bootleg coming out. What else? And you've got this deck of cards you talked about as well. What else is potentially coming out from the imprint?
2: Yeah, we have. I have Dark Horse has told me not to to announce anything until they roll it out officially. So what I've been doing is just talking about them really fast. (laughs)
4: So, <laughs> oh you know, that'll work they won't be mad so about that
2: through them, you know but uh we have the we have there's a book called spy superb that's coming out at the end of the year that i'm writing and drawing and my wife oh. is painting she painted department h oh. watercolors oh. so watercolor in this um and that's like a it's like a boy it's they're fat issues i think it's like three or four issues but they're each like 40 pages each oh, and nice. uh and i'm designing them in a way they have like a like a a grocery bag cover on it so they're sort of disguised because it's spy stuff. Oh. So when you see it on the stands okay. it'll look like a grocery somebody put a grocery bag up there. Um <laughs> but it's really the comic inside. So there's a real cover inside when you open it. But um wow. I'm having fun with the format on that one. And then uh I don't know what else I can tell you about that. It's but yeah spy stuff. If you read Super Spy, my an older graphic novel, there's a there's a link to it. This is said in modern day <laughs> but there's like the original super spy is like the origin of everything that happens in this book. So oh, oh, cool! cool. Awesome. again, you, you don't need to know that at all. It's just like, a, it was funny to me to, to connect them. <laughs> <laughs> to connect them. Um, uh, we
0: do have another question here over on YouTube. This is from Ramsey Hassan. Um, Orson Welles is one of your key influences.
2: What's your favorite Wells film? Oh, my favorite Wells film. Gosh, probably. Uh, I really like touch of evil. Mm, Cause oh, I think the wow. opening shots great. And then he's like, He's real fat, sweaty, and and like (laughs) a bad guy in it at at the end. And uh, and so I just like, I kind of like that. Um, Even though, like, like I think Charlton Heston's character is a little problematic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and for uh mind management bootleg two quick questions for you one you mentioned so you're gonna have different artists on every issue who who's coming up who can you tease there
2: i uh matt lesniewski is issue two oh, and nice. i think he's been tweeting about it today so I, th- I think it comes out tomorrow um and he he did a great job and then uh david rubin is issue three mm-hmm. who i've worked with before that was a, like he's the only one i felt like i wasn't torturing <laughs> uh before he he knows me well and then uh and then Jill Thompson's doing issue 4. Oh wow. Uh, mm. yeah And oh, I could man. that was the one I was real nervous. Like I I went back and I was like I can't break Jill. <laughs> I to
4: <don't wanna, laughs> yeah. I don't wanna,
2: you know, and uh cuz I've I've loved her work forever, you know. And oh, like yeah. I was really oh, yeah. Sandman and and just a fan of comics you know back then. I was like I'm not going to yeah. be the one that
4: <laughs>
2: makes her snap. Uh, <laughs> But her stuff, her pages are great too. So yeah, we got, uh, that's what's lined up. I don't know what the question was, but.
0: Oh, no, that was the question. The second okay. question was, unless I'm mixing up mind management and super spy again, one of my favorite things in mind management was the little notes around the margins. Uh, yeah. And I missed that a little bit in the first issue of mind management bootleg. Are we going to see Ooh. that in upcoming issues?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's a. Uh, am trying to think what, I did something different for these. You know, because I didn't. First of all, those are such a hassle to write. Yeah, <laughs> I bet a lot of words. Yeah, it's like it's so much, and I felt like those their mind memos, and those were unique to that original series, and that those are like your it's the manual to become a mind management agent, and so this is a new thing. So conceptually, I was like, I don't know if it, I don't know if it works to repeat that, uh, but instead, every issue is going to have sample script pages, so you can like mm-hmm. see my process and how I write the comic. Uh-huh. But I they're... love that. In the <laughs> that was I thought
4: that was so what good. One of my crazier.
2: favorite films. Yeah, yeah, they get crazier. So I that's one thing I always hate. I hate filler in the back of comics where it's like, uh, and plus, I especially for me, like I don't care about the process. I know the process. <laughs> I don't want. Yeah. I don't care about it. <laughs> it was story pages. Uh, so I was like, uh, and then it it, it happened that um, the we were going to press, and the editor was like, "Hey, we have four extra pages," and I was like, "Good," because this is what I need to do. Um, nah, that's awesome. I needed the, I needed the pages. And, uh, so I, I did that different thing and then every issue they get progressively, uh, more outlandish, you know? And then, uh, oh, the issue, four, issue four I literally typed on a real typewriter cause I was like, well, these, and scanned it in and, uh, and it's it's kind of like original art, like the way they look, whatever it is, wow. like the wow. original art. So I don't know.
0: You're That's the Willy film.
3: Wonka of comics. <laughs> <laughs> what does that
0: mean? on a,
3: type a typewriter and scanning it in. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's I remember
0: awesome. that in Wonka. Yeah. No, 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 there's It was one of the deleted scenes. You can check it out on HBO yeah. Max. I don't remember that. Uh, Matt. Uh, this is amazing I'm so excited this title is back I can't wait for you to continue to break our braids over the next couple of months yeah Yeah. thank you for all
6: the work you do it's really amazing and excited for the rest of the
0: Flux House stuff as well have a great night thanks
2: thanks Thanks,
0: you too right, there Uh, we go once again the book is Mind Management Bootleg the new imprint is Flux House you can check that out as well as Berserker we mentioned from Boomstick check that out as well and if you are listening to the audio podcast, we're going to kick it over to our Valderrama Brothers interview right now. All right, everybody. Next up, we have the Valderrama Woo-hoo! Brothers. I yeah. definitely mangled that there, but they are the I creators. I thought it was
3: beautifully said. Oh, right, thank you. It's perfect. Perfect.
0: <laughs> thank you. Right. Uh, Carlos... Hi,
7: everybody.
0: Hi, uh, Carlos and Miguel. They are the creators Hello. of Giants from dark horse comics and its upcoming sequel giants volume two ghosts of winter which is out august 31st in comic book shops and september 6th in bookstores yeah guys welcome to the show i'm very excited to talk about these books
7: oh we are very excited too because this is our first uh, english language spoken interview
8: all right all right so wow. we apologize for the english because no, no no worries it will no be worries. A, a, like the mouth full of potatoes you know
4: <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, that's how we do all of our interviews <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly
0: yeah. okay uh well this book is great for those who haven't checked out the first one so this was uh, correct me if i'm wrong but a five issue miniseries from dark horse takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where there's a bunch of kaijus on the surface, there's different societies, different factions there. And one of the things that I loved about the way that you set up that first book before we even get to the second one, is just the sense, the different levels of scale that you have in this world. You've got these giant kaijus and then you have smaller monsters who are feeding on the giant kaijus and then you have the humans who are sort of stuck between all of these things. Can you talk a little bit about where this very different riff on kaiju culture came from?
7: Uh, well, it came from science itself, from nature, because one of the things we wanted for the world building of of our story was that it it felt like a natural, uh, like a natural environment, like a natural universe, like you could. Um, Take things from the real world like a uh, remora fish on the sharks, or maybe you can take mm, the, the little birds like uh, ox pickers, I think they're called, mm, that uh, take the blood out of the hippos in Africa. So, all yeah, those yeah. ideas, uh, we, we wanted to present them in a giant monster story.
0: Mm. Hmm. Well, I think it worked out really well because you create this very unique ecosystem where for on first read of the book, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's like Pacific Rim, but it's not really about that at all. It's really the story about these two guys who used to be friends were driven apart by climactic services, circumstances and end up on different sides of this conflict. Um, Are these two people, the two of you? Whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa, wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Deep yeah, question. Easy, whoa, Alex. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're we, accusing
3: yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. you're going to make him <laughs> spit out his potatoes. Oh, Exposed.
8: Okay. Exposed. <laughs>
0: well, where did this relationship come from? Like talk about the emotional grounding of the book.
8: Well, we wanted to to do like the two characters are like the same one in a way. But the the life itself separates them. So one choose one, one way, and the other have to go to other, another path, path. So that's the point. It's true that, that I'm mm, a little bit more blonde and his, his hair is, <laughs> is dark, but uh, I guess I am the bad guy. I suppose
4: mm.
7: <laughs> the artist is always the bad guy. That's yeah, <laughs> true. That's true. But, um, no, I, the I like. said the good ones.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the writer is always the good one yeah yeah. (laughs) because they're writing the story so they can be like well i'm the good one
8: yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. for
3: sure i love hearing the um sort of the the complex natural world you draw on to build out sort of your your take on the kaiju post-apocalyptic world so for the second volume are you going back to nature to further flesh it out uh because it feels like so many books don't take that extra step to sort of complicate the world are you going to further complicate your world going forward
7: oh yeah absolutely yeah. Um, the thing is uh, we love the nature uh, and i love science biology and all that but we are also pretty good fans or of uh, monster movies creature movies nice. so we always take like uh, the the more um, thematic ones um, and we mix them with the science of of nature and biology. So we can take the best of both worlds. We have um, a realistic environment or society or ecosystem. But we also have these thematical elements that feed our story, like uh, symbiosis or parasitic nature or how some beings, uh, must hurt each other to to feed. Some themes like that uh, are what we love putting the most in the in the stories because we feel like that way it's not always cool, but you have something to think about.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, I. I... Without getting too much into spoilers here, necessarily, first of all, I loved the second volume. I thought it was fantastic. And it really spans the world in a big way. Uh, But one of the things that I thought was an interesting choice, again, without spoiling too much, is you change the perspective to two characters that we met, I believe, in the first volume, but didn't get quite the same level of focus. Uh, Why that choice versus keeping it with the main character we have remaining at the end of volume one?
7: Uh, one, of, one of the reasons was that uh, one of the themes going back to, to that is that we want uh, different kinds of perpe- perspective mm. from our characters or um, for our world. We don't want uh, one monolithic point of view. We want to change our characters and see how they confront the reality and see how they they must fight the bad things they have inside.
0: Yeah, Uh, from an artistic perspective, as people can probably tell from the title with Ghosts of Winter, there's a lot of winterscapes, there's a lot of snow in there. Is is that a relief at all to be like, ah, you can just let the page sit here or does it feel like that negative space is kind of pressing on you the entire time to fill it up?
7: Again, yeah, that's yeah, for
8: you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At first, I thought that everything covering in the snow was cool because it's like a desert. But at the end, it's, it's quite difficult because all, everything is the same. It's always white. So in, in this volume, in the second one, something I really wanted to do was to change the, the city. So I made the city quite colorful. Made of construction buildings, and to make something out of it, because everything with the snow is so boring at the end. <laughs> <So> <laughs> the I, I the sameness regret... is a <laughs> danger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool at, at the beginning, but I quite like the the detail and the backgrounds. So it was. I had to to work a lot to to make something out of the snow. <laughs>
7: Yeah, we called this new city Derrick City because we wanted to be full of cranes and uh, half-built uh, scrappers. Um, it's like a, a mega city that uh, didn't have time to develop. Right.
8: One one of That's uh... part of the concept, uh, by the way, the the half-made things. It was something that I, I really. I was really interested in in this story but uh, go on go well one of the (laughs) things that's
6: always interesting to me is how writers and artists work on different projects like sometimes you hear writers say like oh i know how good of an artist i have i'll let them go nuts other times you hear writers talk about how detailed they write the description of what they're looking for on the page I can't imagine working with my brother because I feel like we would fight the whole time. But how do you guys work on a, an idea or a script? How much back and forth is there? How much leaning on each other's kind of talents is there?
8: Well, fighting,
7: fighting a lot. It's true. It's true. It's true, but in the in the good way because it's like a. Uh, a tennis match. We are always throwing balls. <laughs> that doesn't sound too good. <laughs> <laughs> I say
3: It's an intense tennis match. You're going. Yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah.
7: But we are always like uh, back and forth. Like uh, I have a good idea with this aesthetic, or we have a good idea with this thematical element, or I have this uh, new character I want to introduce. How do you, you see that? Or so we make a lot of brainstorming in which, uh, first we talk about the, the most ba- basic ideas, like the most fundamental themes and um, plot points we want in the story. And then we separate each other. So each mm. one of us uh, work in, a, in an aspect that the, the things we talked about, how do we want to put that in the page? So I write some things or I draw some things or I think about uh, uh, a scene, uh, an action scene or or whatever. And Miguel makes these little um, vignettes or or panels, concept panels in which he thinks about some aspects of the story.
4: That's,
3: and is that were you guys always working together in that way as as kids were you making comics the whole time did one of you sort of take the lead and the other follow how did that work
7: I well he, I, I, yeah, kinda. yeah i made Miguel to draw my things yeah i
4: just wanted
8: i just wanted to be a soccer player uh, <laughs> yeah Uh-oh.
0: well maybe it'll still work out for you um, nah, nah. yeah
8: <laughs> we'll see what after happens. years drawing, I can I, I can't do anything <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I did want to ask you about one other aspect of the art uh, in the back matter for I think both volumes it looked like you had 3D renders of the Kaiju's and some of the other creatures that you had created Um, is that basically a way of like having a model for something that doesn't exist so you can twist and turn it and draw it from different perspectives or talk me through that a little bit
8: well yeah it's Carlos uh, the one who does that I Hmm. don't do 3D so he he designs the creatures like that he has wow, in in 3D so so he designs the, the, the monsters I just do uh, drawings and sketches and...
4: Miguel he's the one
8: the talented one he's the science guy the one who writes I just draw the pages you know?
7: <laughs> <laughs> I just think about a bunch of weird, weird things and creatures and all that but Miguel is really who brings them to life so I, I love to design uh, creatures or or fantasy or a sci-fi a scenery or maybe robots. But um, I'm always like worrying about the, the physical aspects of them. I, I always uh, look after the, the stories that could bring those pieces. But Miguel, it's very important to the process because I might think about a new kind of monster, but if it it's too difficult to move or or emote in the story. Then it could be really, really cool, but it serves nothing.
4: Yeah,
8: I'm always so... saying, like, Carlos, this is too hard to draw. I'm not <laughs> going to draw this. Yeah, this, this cool it with this the wings, man. Not.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
8: yeah. It, it's, it, but he's always... Hey, Miguel, look out. Uh, the monster has three uh, fingers, so it has uh, something. And I always forgot, and I have to to look for the 3D model all I the time. And redraw the panel
7: and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T-
3: and t- t- that's why you were like, all right, volume two is going to be winter. I don't want to hear any complaints about it.
7: Maybe I'm the bad guy, I think.
0: Uh, Well, before we let you go, not to put too much pressure on you because Volume 2 isn't even out in stores yet, but are you thinking ahead to a Volume 3 at this point or do you want to move on to something else and then potentially come
8: back to this world later on? Both?
7: Both are correct.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. We are always thinking uh, in in the next project, but it depends on publishers, you know? So mm -hmm. we always want to make Giants 3 or we always want to make... Sci fi, or something like that, but who knows?
7: Okay, yep.
6: who knows? Well, uh, I hope well, you get both as
7: well.
0: The, yeah, me too, me too. These, Thank you yeah. very much. These books are fantastic. It yeah, was so great much fun, talking to you, and I'm looking forward to everybody checking it out when it actually hits stance. If you're watching live, already we're in not gonna do that it's it, we're gonna go right over to our next section. And unkindness
3: of raisins. Will we break <laughs> yeah.
4: down all the hottest and worst New raisins slang. out there in the game? We're going to go Golden over to raisins. our next
0: section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. as your audience raisin. <laughs> you Add for audience questions. I see a bunch of them already piling up, but drop a question, ask a question, or in the comments over at YouTube. We'll keep an eye there. But first, it is time to talk about what you drinkin' drinking, what you're drinking. We haven't done that song in a while, right, oh, Justin? boy. That's true.
3: What, should drink? Oh, is that my cue? Okay, well, you really <laughs> yeah, yeah. are the producer. Hey, <laughs> dance. Uh, dance for us. Yeah, bring me. your
0: producer back. Yeah. You're she'll down. have you do it. <laughs> she doesn't.
3: She's not coming back. Oh, uh, no.
0: <laughs> okay. uh, Drink-wise, though, I do want to mention we have another curated drink this week. I have to admit that I did not make it, uh, but it's very cool. Come on, Salbs. I'm sorry, man. Did you make it, Pete? Oh, okay. Uh, But our resident chef, Stray Bullet, (laughs) Brett Magris, went to go see the DC League of Super Pets in theaters and made a cocktail for the evil villain Giddy Pig out for world domination the movie. The drink is called The Legion of Lulu, and I'll throw it out there. It is an ounce and a half of vodka, an ounce of Contreau, half an ounce of Campari, one ounce of orange juice, a maraschino cherry and an orange rind peel, so it sort of ends up Whoa. as like a, I don't know, what would you say? Cherry like an orange and orange juice, juice. like a vodka yeah, sunrise, almost. Yeah, there you go. So um, an orange whip. But I have whip. not seen the movie. It sounds very delicious. Uh, I made a Negroni instead, personally, but oh, I'm going to try orange, it. At some fancy point. pants.
3: Yeah, there you go. Very cool. When I get home to my cocktail section, I will make that drink and enjoy another vodka sunrise. Which I many of. Them, I
0: yeah. Until then, though, what are you drinking tonight, Justin?
3: I am drinking a little bit of the Miller High Life. Ooh, champagne and beers. I mean, come on. This it's stuff, plastic. it just comes right in the 12-pack, and you open it and twist it right off.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pete, what about you? What are you drinking tonight? Well,
6: I'm uh, I'm raiding my brother's little mini-fridge back here. Ooh. And, uh, yeah.
4: Wow, yeah. You're, you're living the high life. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
6: <laughs> they have this thing where they put the vodka in the can for you. <laughs> so You don't have to buy it separately. Oh, days, because so. you've
3: been putting it in a can yourself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's but you've been drinking like out of an drink. old can of beans that you just pour the vodka. That's right. You just can't clean it.
6: out the can of beans so you can put your vodka in there.
3: Yep, the hobo special. So wait, this is a, a high, a high noon, high nooners. High... Yeah, nice.
0: Oh, yeah. very nice. How is it?
3: It's all right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're so close to discovering I didn't white it. Oh, it's <laughs> like hey this is not bad, but I, you're I don't backing. You're well. backing so hard into Bartles and James wine coolers from the early 90s. Oh, dude, that was sort of the, you know, come on.
6: Those let's get some those were the days. days. This is
0: different, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, all right, I'm actually going to work backwards here. This isn't going to make a lot of sense because it's a second question from Edward Doherty, but I think it's a good one to start off with. Bonus question. Mm-hmm. How bad must have the Batgirl movie been to be completely shelved and not even released to streaming by Warner Brothers? I'll give you a little update on this news if you haven't heard. Uh, but as Edward Doherty mentions, the Batgirl movie is not going to theatrical. It is not going to HBO Max. The new head of Warner Brothers Discovery, David Zaslav, has shelved the movie. And as far as we know, it is going nowhere. He also shelved oh, a man. new Scooby-Doo animated movie. But uh, that's less apropos of what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, I'll movies. I'll throw out there, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk back and forth and nobody really knows that, that they've done some test screenings that honestly I heard were like pretty positive. Seems, people seem to like it based on advanced word. I think the thing is not about the quality of the movie. It's that David Zaslav, who is the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, as I mentioned... He is at this place where he's like, no, we just want blockbuster movies, movies that are going to make hundreds of millions of dollars, and that's it. And we don't want to put anything on streaming directly, like how Jason Kalar, the guy who did Day and Date with uh, HBO Max and Warner Brothers movies did. So he is going in the exact opposite direction there. He has some big ideas about it. And my guess is that, like, Batgirl initially caught, I think, seventy or eighty million dollars. It ballooned up to ninety million dollars with COVID shooting, which is happening with everything happens. right now. And I don't think they were going to make all of their money back once you went through
3: marketing. Marketing. And that's. I was going to say. It. My take is they're going to they were going to end up having to spend like you know another fifty million dollars on marketing. They did not want to do that, uh, so they uh, killed this movie. I, the craziest thing to me about this whole thing is they were like. HBO Max through day and date, I think it's largely taking the credit for HBO Max becoming like the winner of the streaming wars. Right yeah. now, HBO Max is crushing it primarily because of their COVID releases day and day and some of the shows they were launching at the same time and the fact that they're running in the opposite direction. I don't understand the strategy. I feel like there's a lot of perhaps inexperience coming in from running mm-hmm. Discovery and being like taking over these. I have a, a very much a hand in this pocket, <laughs> yeah, by the way. So, the uh, pardon my uh, take.
6: Did you want to just plug True
0: TV right now? And uh, Yeah, please check out 101 to... Place to
3: Party Before You Die yeah. on True TV. No, I, or please watch it. I, I think you're
0: absolutely right, though. I mean, I think what this guy is coming from Discovery and it's been this wild thing of Discovery taking over Warner Brothers rather than from our perspective. We would think Warner Brothers would take over Discovery, but Discovery is actually the bigger company. So it went in that direction. And I do think this guy is confused. to a fault putting Discovery first, which is really, like, it's looking more and more like it's gutting a classic company with Warner Brothers, just absolutely, completely. And to your point, you're absolutely right. Like, I think from our outside perspective, it's pretty clear that HBO Max stumbled as it launched in a lot of different ways, and it was a very controversial move for the entertainment industry, but Jason Clare right at the ship, by doing these day-and-day theatrical movies... Now they have enough content. HBO has definitely been on a roll with all of their shows that they've been providing to HBO Max as well. And not that it's just Batgirl, but it is a huge mistake. Huge mistake just for the future of the world in terms of how entertainment works to be like, Theatrical movies are number one. Streaming is the bottom row of the blockbuster shelf. Let's just dump our stuff there if we want to. Oh, it's dude, not that, what it is.
6: That dollar yeah. shelf, bro, that's where all the magic was. You know what I mean? Well,
0: sure. There's that part of it as well. But I think like <laughs> people still look at streaming and broadca- even broadcast TV is like, yeah, that's secondary to theatrical. And that's not true at all for most viewers at this point.
3: Well, but I think Discovery's model is built on making like less expensive unscripted shows and mm-hmm. just having them be wildly successful, which they are are good at doing. And you know that model doesn't work with scripted. It doesn't work with any of that side of the business. So it may be that they're just gonna because gu- they ha- have been systematically. Killing any scripts of development at the Turner networks. Um, They killed Sam B's show this week. They're there. Anything scripted that is more expensive. They are just cutting off at the knees immediately stopping production, no matter what's going on. So it's, it's a scary time I think for that uh, part of the business, which is where I think a lot of the content we specifically like lives where it's like creating Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, worlds as opposed to just filming the world, uh, which is what so much of what discovery does is.
0: I mean, the main thing is like, we know how this works. It's gonna come out somehow at some point, even if it's a fan screening at San Diego comic-con in five years or something like that. Like people will see it somehow because the movie finished shooting in March. Uh, They had cuts that they were showing off to test screenings even if the effects weren't finished or something like that you'll see it in some fashion but man what a like what a bummer for everybody who worked on that movie everybody like for months and months if not an entire year if not years it really sucks um so even if it's a terrible movie i feel like it would be nice to see it at some point just because you know that might be part of it as well but it would be nice to see it out there. Uh, why don't we move to another question? This one is from YouTube. This is from Nelson Martinez. Are you guys fans of the Harley Nelson. Quinn animated series? I'm rewatching before starting new apps. Have you guys started the new season? Hell yeah. I started the new
6: season. Uh, Harley Quinn, the animated series. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, things right now. And uh, our old uh, buddy Moberg, uh, Matt Oberg does a lot of the uh, voices, uh, and uh, he's killing it. I mean, uh, he does a lot of the voices. He does a bunch of the voices. Yeah, like he does side characters, just one lines every once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like uh, he, he's killing
0: it. He does one of the voices, and no spoilers, but I think he's in one episode this season. Dude, but but I will up, say, I love, wait, wait. I love Matt Oberg. I love Matt Oberg. Hold on, what you no, could no, be talking no, no, about no. is like Matt Oberg no, no. is getting his own spit off, unless Listen, they cut it you because based on what we were talking me about before. and
6: be wrong. You can do one or the other, but you can't be wrong and interrupt me. I've seen numerous episodes of the show. I could pick his voice out in a fucking crowd. All right, there's no, I know Uh Alex is doing some intense Google right now, but it's not going to help. Those
0: were the days,
6: you know, like bar back, like there was just like some one line, like no name. All right, I'll I'll say
0: this according to IMDb, not only does Matt Oberg do Kite Man, but he also does. Killer Croc, Bane Goon, Banker, KG Beast, KG Beast, spelled differently, and Uncool Guard.
3: So go uh, fuck yourself. I was. Wrong. I remember uh, yeah. his Uncool Guard character he used to do. That <laughs>
0: that yeah.
6: So He's yeah. getting his own uh,
0: spit off. We love yeah. Matt Oberg. He's a great guy. So yeah. that's very cool. So uh, Justin, have you, you watched any of it yet? And this is to put you on the spot. I'm just
3: curious. I have. Um, I haven't started the new season yet, but um, I, I think it's great. And like, it's the kind of... Things that Warner Brothers does that I'm like, this is what anime This is a lane for them because Disney Marvel is never going to do a show like this. So but like, also, do it.
6: It's such a great idea to take these characters we've seen a ton uh, and put them in different comedic things. Like this is my favorite Bane. I love Bane in this. King oh King Shark is hilarious. Like uh, giving JB Smooth the, the plant. I mean, it's just there's some really funny comedic choices that they're doing and they're leading into the comedy and like some of the like in the first season the Batman Joker kind of uh, relationship stuff was so great and so fun oh my god
0: I mean I'll throw something out to you and maybe this is like too hot a take but I think this is one of the best Batmans of all time on the Harley Quinn show the new
3: season specifically right yeah
0: like it gets so emotionally to the core of Bruce Wayne and what he's about and pushes him to this really interesting places. I can't And particularly for, like, a comedy show, the thing that is so surprising to me about the way that they portray Batman here is, like, you get the growly voice Batman. I think it's Diedrich Bader does the voice. And you get all, like, the Batman jokes that you'd expect, but it's not making fun of Batman. Like, he's still... Batman, and he's doing Batman stuff, and he's still good at his job. And that's, the to me, that, like, points to what is so good about Harley Quinn is it's an easy joke to be like, I'm dumb Batman, or I'm doing dumb stuff.
6: Yeah, Lego Batman.
0: Well, but yes, uh, Lego Batman, also good in its own way. But, like, that they really dive into what makes Batman work and what makes Batman important as a character at the same time as they're still doing jokes is... Pretty incredible
6: I, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Keanu Reeves
0: As Batman though and DC
6: bets Supposed to be good
0: Yeah you should uh, make the drink as well to go with it I want to not to stick with YouTube here, but there's a pretty heated destruction, uh, destruction, a discussion.
3: Destruction. <laughs> oh my God. YouTube
0: is God. You guys. It
4: just blew no, up. no, not oh, the two. My Oh
0: my God. Pretty heated discussion going on. This is from Cali comics. Do you think Sam Elliott gets recast as general Ross and will also don the red Hulk character or an all new actor? And there's a lot of discussion about what that means for you Thunderbolts, have, which was oh, just yeah. announced among other things. So what's yeah. your take?
3: Sam Elliott. How old is that dude? He's got to be older than old because he, he eventually when you're old, Sam Elliott's not he's doing so much anyway. Like you can do it CGI
6: be- and have Sam just come in and read some stuff and we'll take it from here because like, I mean, it's you're right it's- it to get Sam.
3: I love Sam Elliott. Beef. It's what's... By the way, I think what's going on
0: here is they're talking about specifically William Hurt passed away who played Thunderball Ross in the MCU. Sam Elliott was, of course, in the classic Ang Lee Hulk. So they could just, you know, bring him in. Sub him in, I guess. uh, yeah,
3: I would think they don't Sam Elliott, I if Sam Elliott is still has workable, stop buttons, hating on him.
0: Sam Elliott. You, I love
3: again, I love Sam Elliott, but he well, was then, born old and he's still getting old. And so, I'm just who cares?
6: That's what you get when you cast Sam Elliott. You get an old guy, he's going to kill it no matter what because the mustache does most of the acting anyway.
3: Listen, I don't, want, well, that's insulting to Sam Elliott, Pete. And also, I feel like we're getting oh. some Oberg runoff emotion happening here. And I wish they put a lid on it. <laughs>
0: Uh, All right, we got one over here from Stray Bullet. We had a lengthy discussion this week in the Slack about what to do when you want to sell your massive comic collection. Have you guys yeah. ever tried to sell off a massive of books? And what was your experience? How big are your collections now? Also, I want to finish the Punisher quiz. Oh! Oh, oh no. Well, I'll bring Stray Bullet in, in a second. Why don't we... Well, I'll bring him in now, but why don't we talk about if you ever tried to sell... A part of your well
6: that's the thing like uh you know my parents every couple of years will kind of bring up the fact of like you know you could sell your comic book collection um because right now unfortunately all my comics are in storage and Mm. it's uh it's costing me monthly but it is uh hey brett how are you but as far as <laughs> uh, but I don't know how many I have over. Uh, oh, ha- I
0: Wait, I, he has our uh, What Would Cliff Do shirt. This is a picture of Cliff from Doom Patrol with oh, a WWCD so bracelet on.
4: can check that out at
0: comicbookclub.threadless.com. You got your Pip Don't Slip shirt. I'm not wearing any swag from our show yeah, right and now. And
3: I'm completely know. nude, as always.
0: You're daffy ducking uh, it.
3: It seems yeah. like, but uh, I got, uh,
6: 22, uh,
3: short boxes. So
6: there, you know, the problem is they are anywhere from 300 to 500 in there, depending on how you squeeze it in. I don't like to pack it too you tight. It. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, no, you uh, got
3: those bags in there, those boards. That's
6: right. Those you gotta have, and, and you know, some of them I got, uh, you know, graded too. So there's like, you know, there's all the thing, but I, uh, I, I, the, there's a couple different ways you want to try to when you're trying to sell your comics to go like for uh, that i feel if you find a legit comic book shop they legally have to give you like they can't undercut the value of the comics
3: the problem I don't is think that's true <laughs> that, <as a> <laughs> what are you basing that? no no i've
6: i've talked to like, legally yeah there's <laughs> there's there certain comic book shops that like that are, are you calling like, the cops
3: on a comic oh, book shop for not no, giving I'm you the price?
6: I'm just saying Certain that, like special comic book shops,
3: yeah, the, the magical ones. Uh, but uh,
6: you know, the the hard thing is when you have a big collection is it takes time to go through everything to see everything that you got and see the condition that it's in to give you the proper value. And that's where the problem comes in. A lot of time people will just give you a ballpark. All right, I'll just give you, you know, a couple grand for all of it or whatever, and take it off your hands.
9: Couple
3: grand. Wow. Let me show, I want to meet this Mr. Pennybags you're talking to. Well, I'll tell you
9: that's, I mean, that's basically what it took. uh, I had like, how many long boxes? My wife is over here. How many long boxes?
3: Of comics She's like, have. 50, you psychopath. Oh, listen! <laughs> yes.
4: Wow. She, just,
9: she just looked at me as a 37. I love we that she knows the house.
4: number. He could hear top. the tone, yeah.
9: we had I had 37 long boxes of comics. And we went through, before we had, we were living in LA at the time. And we were on our way to Minnesota and then eventually on our way to Brooklyn.
4: Wow. So I
9: was, we were organizing my comic book collection. We were organizing my we comic were, book collection. Yeah, exactly. We and uh, it. yeah, and uh, we alphabetized everything, put everything in the miracle, everything. Uh, like this is I, I would just get a new collection every week, and drop them in a the box and not do anything with them. So this is like twenty years of books that were uh, that we organized. And how long did it take? I, so. Th- that was 2006 and and you finished them, in 2011, right? <laughs>
4: yeah.
9: Well, it took about well, it took about a month to or uh, it took like 2 weeks to organize all of them and then we put wow. them in an excel sheet. And then oh my god, I gave them to a friend of mine's son who wanted to sell them as like a side project. As a summer project, and he was like 13 at the time. Wow. He called me last year is when he sold them wow, took that wow.
4: dude
9: that
6: guy's he been took... working for you for years
9: oh yeah and he was like because just like we would have private buyers be like hey we'll give you like three grand for it the whole the cover price of everything and he went through and he priced everything and it oh, ended up God. being like thirty eight thousand dollars worth of <laughs> just cover price Without value, just at cover price. Well, that, oh God, it's That's like
3: buying value. a car. The cover price goes yeah. out the window after you. Yeah, I'm exactly. And
9: so, and I was, at some point, I was one of these idiots who was like, I'm going to buy three copies of everything. I'm going to buy one to sell and one to read and one to just throw in my closet. My, you got to do it. What? <laughs> yeah. So, I, well, I had stopped that. That ended pretty quickly when I was like, I have no money for any food. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so at some point he, for years and like this kid is an adult with children now he's like in his mid twenties and he texts me and he's like, yeah, I finally got a good offer. And it was like 4,500 bucks. Like, oh,
3: uh, well, that's great. Hey,
9: it's something though.
0: Uh, I'll throw it out there. I,
3: I, oh, you go, you go.
0: Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, this is not a good selling story, but I just want to throw out as an option for folks, because this is one of the, best experiences honestly i've had with comics is i needed to get rid of stuff because we were having kids and i was really worried about legitimately like the comics falling on the kids because they were just stacked everywhere so <laughs>
3: that's I, that's crazy yeah, yeah it that's crazy gross. but
0: like that's there were crazy stacks all, all over mm-hmm. our apartment that were ready to fall at a moment's notice so i went through everything will it down important. to what i actually wanted and then from there, I took out any comics that were, like, offensive, like, crossed or anything like that. And left it to, like, all ages comics. And I still had a couple of hundred comics. So on Halloween, I went outside with stacks, just, like, boxes of comics. And I had more waiting in the wings. And I told kids as they came up to the step, like, hey, you could have some candy or you can have a comic book. And mm, the comic books choose. were gone in, like, half an hour.
6: Wow. And it Mirror was great. Like it was That's such awesome. an
0: awesome experience because these kids were so excited and they were just rifling through them and choosing the ones that they wanted. It was it was so much fun. So highly recommend, obviously not like a good money making scheme, but if you want to do something that like makes you feel Eat. good about kids and stuff, um good th- good fun thing to do.
3: When I was moving, I, I got rid of seven, eight thousand comics. It was five dollars, all you can carry. People up, uh, ad on Craigslist, people showed up and walked out of there like they were in a.
6: That's heartbreaking. It, it, that's fucking upsetting. I don't know. That was great. And then eventually
3: it's... someone came, dude from Long Island, was like, hey, uh, could I just take all the rest? I'll give you like 500 bucks. I was like, hell yeah, dude. Just, <laughs> filled up his trunk and they were gone. It was perfect. Uh, that's I great. still do
9: have, like, I have a short box of like, my
4: favorite. Like I,
3: I still, I still the have first... like twenty five short boxes. <laughs> wow.
9: Yeah. Like I have like my first like Detective Comics that I bought in Los Angeles, in Burbank, at this place called the Secret Shop or something. Like yeah, yeah. It was like the shadiest. This was before like comic book shops were like decent. It was dark. There was just shit piled everywhere when you walked in, and it was like this dude who was like super pretentious. I didn't know anything. I was like 12. And he was like, I was like, um, do you have a detective on Batman comics? And he was so fucking annoyed. He looked over his pile of stacks and he was like, they're
3: over there. <laughs> anyway, you just mother. won the secret Punisher, yeah. quiz. <laughs> Uh Well,
0: I think we got, we're got we up to the physical challenge. If yeah, we're, yeah we're, up we're up to that, physical right? Physical challenge.
6: You, uh, and I'm sure you can do this. But uh, you have one minute's time to pr- produce something
9: with the Punisher logo on it. Okay, cool. So check this out. So, okay, I was going to do like the default. Not
3: going anyway. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah, oh the default.
9: You. But then I was like, I can do for can those do listening. Than that's
3: that. uh, Brett just h- uh, held up his apron that he my made Punisher himself apron. Yes. With yes. uh, the Punisher. And I made
9: one for P two. I was oh, also going to just. I was going to hold up the photo of me and Pete when i gave him his punisher photo oh, that's 19 nice. or whatever that was but i have something better so i i have this this uh, marvel eats the universe cookbook <laughs> and check this out this is probably like it's kind of super fucked up but the only thing in this book cookbook for the punisher is the punisher's wedding soup <laughs> 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 oh man! And there's your Punisher logo, uh, with his knife. That's not—it's not his hunting knife. That's his chef knife. Right. right. Yeah. That—that's his knife to stab the little meatballs in the soup, right? Yeah, yeah. This motherfucker is cutting jugulars. Is it
6: Italian wedding soup? What? What kind it of is. soup is it? So
9: it is yeah. the Punisher's Italian wedding soup. It has—he yeah. makes it with. This is weird. So I'm a chef, and I'm reading this. Uh, <laughs> He, he uses bone marrow bones for this, which you don't have to do. And he uses Wait. a pressure cooker to make the broth, which, I mean, that's awesome, but you can all just
4: throw oh, this shit in a pot. <laughs> and then it's got
9: uh, it's got meatballs and stuff like this. Uh, it's, wow. it's pretty good. It has the stracciatella, which is basically just eggs and Parmesan whipped together, and then you sort of cook it in the broth. My favorite part of this recipe is at the end here where it says uh, – once the broth again comes again returns to a boil, punish it with more salt and pepper. Mm. <laughs>
3: they get it. See, that's just good writing. Oh, go. That's just good right oh, now. And
9: look, and just so you guys, I here. Look at look at what I made. I made this cocktail. I didn't make that fucking soup. Uh,
6: <laughs>
9: nice,
6: yeah. Good, man. That's amazing. That yeah.
9: So, Pete, what does Brett win for
0: finishing the Punisher quiz? A pat on the back uh, He wins. Fine, he too. wins a <laughs> lifetime
6: uh, friendship with me, and um, <laughs> that's, about
4: that's a not punishment. worth it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, a punisher like gift.
6: A, soup. Uh, a punisher gift that I will present to him when I go to his restaurant on a road trip uh, to New Orleans. Fuck
9: yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, All and right. also to make you to make you feel about good about your drink of choice tonight, I also have.
4: Hey, <laughs> also, hi,
9: dude. Wow, buddies. I, I'm not, Quints. I'm not drinking it. I got it for free and it's been sitting in this cabinet. <laughs>
0: amazing. amazing. Brett, congratulations. What you a have wish. punished this quiz.
9: I'm glad Brett. to bring it to a close.
3: Uh, finally. Until the next one starts in, I want to say, one to two weeks. Uh, Brett, I'm going to be down in NOLA in like a month. I'm going to look you up. Let's hang. Oh, man. Come Is on. it for oh, the man. show?
9: Is it for your show?
3: Uh, for, uh, no, not not doing that. I'll oh, definitely God keep you posted. <laughs> I'll yeah, be shooting in to your, your restaurant for that for that show someday. You gotta awesome. look
9: me up. Please come down. All of you have to
0: come down. Yeah, awesome. All of you have to come down. Brad, yeah. always great chatting. Congratulations on finishing the quiz. Talk to you soon. Thank you, and you're welcome. Later. <laughs> All right. Uh, there we go. We got a couple of other questions here. So why don't we jam through them? This is from Josh H. With Ant Man number one coming out recently, I got thinking about the domestic violence storyline between Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. Are there any other deplorable actions that comic characters have taken that have tainted the character for you?
6: Well, it was that. Uh, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of stuff, actually. But uh, I think the one that comes to mind is. That spawn, uh, uh, move where they yeah. did the horrible things to Wanda to get mm-hmm. to Al, and uh, I lost my shit in the middle of a Comic Con floor at that poor person who worked at Image, who had nothing to do with it, but was the only person at the Image booth, and uh, was really upset. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there was that. It's also, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Jay just oh, making really? a deal with a fucking devil for no oh, fucking.
3: Huh. When did that happen? I've never heard that. Is that in a? Is that in an issue? Yeah. yeah. Is it come? Has it come out?
0: It has. Yes. <laughs> yep.
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Not familiar. Justin, uh, you got one? Anything that's made you hate a comic book character?
3: Um, tough. Uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that happens in comics. Um that is like hard, like frid, the fridging thing, all of that. Um, I mean, there's, most of it is um, violence against uh, female characters. I'm trying to think of an example where a hero did something that I was like, well, I'm not happy with them now. Uh, but I don't have enough to cut my head.
0: Yeah, I feel like every once in a while they try to take a character and just break them down to their bare essentials and... I don't know the Hank Pym thing obviously that is crossing a line 100% like you're saying violence against women no thanks absolutely absolutely never but I think like the two that I'm thinking of offhand that they tried really hard there was a uh, there was a period of a couple of years where they really tried to break down Colossus and it's always like the nicest character where they're like we're going to put you through the worst shit possible take the, everybody out of your life and really test the character and see if you really break bad. And Colossus like got to this very dark place and then turned around, though I guess maybe he's evil now. I'm not 100% sure. There was
6: that Flash one that you hated, too, where it was like they made one of your favorite Flash. Oh, Wally West. Yeah, it was the
0: same thing, which I feel like they're just ignoring now and not worrying about because they're like, you're yeah. the new Flash. Well, that never happened. Um, or uh, Penance with Speedball was the same thing. So it's always this temptation. I love taking, that. Like, you love Penance? I thought it was fun
6: that they they took this shitty character and then had him punish himself. For
3: uh, I love Speedball, but the thing is, like that the penance the thing, for example, that didn't make me hate the character. I was just like, oh, oh. this is a this is a bad writing choice. That's uh, exactly what it is.
0: I think, like Kevin actually pointed out, one that I think is good: Justice League, what Identity Crisis did to Doctor Light, that definitely yeah. tainted the character forever. Because again, it was a sexual yeah. assault. Um, and that is a line you should not and never should cross. Um, do so yeah, I don't know. Um, there you go. Good question though. All right, let's move on to another one. This is from Kevin. What are the unreleased never made comic book adaptations you have wanted to see? Uh, great question. I was obsessed with the little monsters novelization, the, uh, I wanted to say Kevin McAllister, Fred Savage movie. Oh yeah. Friends with the monster under his bed. So yeah. would have loved Howie to see Mandel, a comic right? book adaptation. Yeah. Howie Mandel. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Bobby love girl. to see a comic book adaptation of that. I remember all the plot points very viscerally. Oh man. Wow.
3: Interesting. Interesting answer. Um, I am I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, and I don't know why, but like, They've never really done a good Ghostbusters comic. This is a ceiling of Pete answer, really.
0: Huh. They've definitely done a lot of them. My issue with Ghostbusters in general is I just don't get what they keep pushing as the mythology for Ghostbusters. Because I feel like
4: what are you talk- one of awesome one of the
0: features sense. of Ghostbusters is it's nonsense. Like, the ghosts are nonsense. Yeah. There's no connection between them whatsoever. So whatever they try to push, like, oh, there's what about a connection the between brothers?
6: Come on, I mean, what, what are you talking I about? I don't know.
3: Um, update from Kevin, he was thinking of more adaptations of comics into other media, like say Batgirl oh, or, I mean, or Nick Cage's Superman. Kind of, oh, well, when guess they he did
6: the killing joke as an animated movie, that was awful. Uh, that kind of really
3: ruined it. Uh, for no, him. he's, he's asking stuff, that he's saying stuff that hasn't happened that you um want, not complaints about stuff that bothered. I mean, this is something
0: that pops
4: you up want them I saw to bring
6: back a uh, mask, uh, the cartoon, because it was one of the greatest intros of all time. And I feel like we can redo it and do it better because, uh, you know, it was it was it was fun times.
0: So there was a tweet from 2019 that was getting passed around a lot this week as if it was a new tweet of Warner Brothers being like, we don't know what to do with Superman. And again, this was an interview from 2019, but people were discussing a lot. And I think it's still valid because they still don't know what to do with Superman. Like there are decades of comics with Superman, (laughs) but look at Superman for all seasons, for example, is something where... Or, you know, uh, Man of Steel is a pretty controversial movie for a lot of reasons, but the stuff that works in there is where they actually dived into Mark Wade's Superman birthright. I would yeah. love to see something that is Superman birthright, but that isn't like, yeah, and also we're going to do a little next stabbing at the end there. Like, he's dark. You know, think, there's oh, enough comics that. about why Superman works and how he works that I think you can make a really successful
3: adaptation of the, of the character. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess just Joker see. Joker as a musical is that my answer as always. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see that.
0: Last one, this from Edward Doherty. What ideological issue in comic books would cause a civil war style schism among the comic book club hosts? Ooh. Whoa.
6: Wow. You're just picking a fight? You want us to fight each other? Is that what's going on? Hmm.
3: What what ideological split like in our lives in the real world? Wait, what, what
6: is the question? Is that what the question is? I think the question is, like, what... Uh, comments well, Like, P, you're, drive because... you're anti-abortion, right? Oh, my God, what <laughs> is happening? Do not make this kind of joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, about uh, a couple yeah. too many so Exactly. That- <laughs>
6: what is happening?
3: I love it. Alex makes, the, uh, makes a you little stinker <laughs> face when he's got a real banger coming, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love seeing the face and being like, "Oh, he's going to say something fucked up." <laughs> uh
0: I definitely think like we we definitely hit a point with X-Men comic books where to be ah, honest, yeah. I can't discuss them anymore. Like I don't even yeah. put them in the stack because yeah, I don't I do. want to get into You don't want to hear it
6: from me. You just don't want to hear I it. I don't.
0: You. It's it's the same discussion every time. So like I don't know if that's a schism so much as avoiding a schism, but it's definitely not something that i could talk about anymore (laughs) um yeah
3: Yeah. i mean i think that that covers a lot of um i think i mean that to just to sort of name it i think pete is the is the most passionate Mm -hmm. um uh fan here of his sort of takes on the character so Mm -hmm. i feel like it's often one or both of alex and i in conflict with pete so i think any of those hot button pete issues Mm -hmm. spider-man being married the punisher in general even things like um, the Fantastic Four, um, obviously loves Penance, which is a weird take because no one loves Penance. Uh, like anything, those are the where the real, um, yeah, the Fuck Island schism uh, is what Stray Bullet says in the comments. So those are the things that I think split us up. The only times, the times you, Alex's um, pop off, Alex pops off, those are the ones that I take note of. Like that... <laughs> Secret Wars, is it Secret Wars? first? Yeah, that came up in our
0: Slack. By the way, for anybody who's listening, patreon.com slash comic book club, you can uh, participate in our Slack. I mentioned this sort of jokingly. Definitely, I don't know if I'm embarrassed about it, but I definitely viscerally remember it. It was 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 Secret Wars... (laughs) Secret Wars number zero, right? Not even number one. Where I was... Up, like
3: furious. Yeah, you about were. You were, your lid was flipped. I was yes, like, how about get the fact
0: that like time? they had built up so much to this event, and they, it was incomprehensible to anybody who had never read comics before. Like you had to have read all of Jonathan Ickman's various runs on Avengers and Fantastic Four to understand what was going on in Secret War Zero. And I was furious about it, and we had Fred Van Lente on our show, one of our favorite guests. Um, And I I remember looking back at him and seeing him be like, (laughs) just his recoil reaction at me (laughs) screaming about Secret War Zero. I still haven't gone back and read it, but every once in a while I'm like, I see people talking about how good the Secret Wars run was, and particularly with this movie coming up, I'm probably going to relent and watch it, uh, watch it, read it. But it was definitely at the time I was like, "I'm never
4: reading yeah,
3: this." You refuse to read it. You said I you refused refuse to read, read it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the whole r- run it of that, you about did. stuff.
0: Yep. But I'll probably read it now, just because I want to know what's going on in the movie. Uh,
3: Alex, you made a promise. You made that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, yeah, to oh, go with the movie.
0: We do okay. have a couple of other questions on YouTube, but I'm sorry, we are running low on time, so I do want to move on to our next section, which is oh, trivia. No. And for that, we're going to put, uh, kick it over to Peter Page. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and do we have uh,
6: somebody for this? Or are we looking for a first stand-up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no we don't have anybody <laughs>
6: okay so we need, uh, we need yep. a volunteer Alex is out of gas Alex is out of gas. YouTube <laughs> or somebody in Crowdcast can put a hand up there and uh, you will win $25 free dollars
0: to Midtown Comics That's all right, online we only have another uh, hour and a half to two hours podcast
3: tonight <laughs> I think that Raisins comment really popped the Alex balloon and he's just yeah. slowly running out of helium hurry we gotta hurry up <laughs> We just
6: need a brave volunteer to raise their hand, put their hand up to win 25 free dollars to Midtown Comics Online. Uh, 25 free dollars can be yours. Oh, we
0: have an I'll Do It, David Quintley says all on right, YouTube. David. So, David, this is going to be a little bit of a delay, but I'll try to type the stuff in the comments for you, specifically it. the answers. Uh, so Pete. Take it away with a little okay. bit of trivia.
6: All right, today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small not small nod to the legend nuchelle Nichols, RIP mm. L- Lieutenant O'Hara.. Uh,
4: yeah.
6: Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Question number one here we go. Jim Zub Zubhub is writing what comic book ahead of the movie? Is it A, Thunderbolts, B, Hawkman, or C, Tony Hawk? So it's e, either A, Thunderbolts, which is the correct answer, or it's B, Hawkman, which is just there to rhyme, uh later lead into the Tony Hawk C, C option. I mean, let's be honest.
0: Well, let's see. David Quintley hasn't given an answer here. I'm personally going to probably guess it's Thunderbolts since that's the only one coming out as a movie. Oh, he says A. Is it A? Yes, that is correct. Here we go. All Question right. number
6: two. In Flashpoint Beyond number four, which we will talk about in the Stag Podcast coming up mm-hmm. later.
3: Maybe, maybe.
6: What is the name of the Robin in this issue? Is it A, Dexter, B, Crispy Bacon, or C, Clay Aiken? So it's either A texture, which is what you select, or it's B crispy bacon. As we all know in the Slack discussion, crispy bacon is the best bacon and not oh, the what soggy is this Get Oklahoma. out of here. That's
3: soggy. Get, get crispy bacon. Go eat a, a shards of glass with salt on that.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, do you like soft I, bacon? Soft bacon instead yeah, of Yeah, Justin uh... loves the, the
3: soft
6: bacon. He likes it. Just limp bacon, just kind of just nice barely... and raw. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's not raw, it's cooked too. Just a, eat it out of the package, man. Yeah, yeah I oh, do. Do not do that. Do not I've never do that. cooked bacon. Well, you just take the plastic open. It's like, Ooh, a hot dog.
0: David Quinley says the answer is always Dexter.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that, but
6: that uh, is correct in this case. Here we go. Last one in 2023. What is the crossover event? With Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers, it's called Captain America blank. Is it A, two sides of the same shield, B,
5: Cold War,
6: or C, Downtown Julie Brown? So Mm. it's either A, which you shouldn't pick, or it's B, Captain America Cold
0: War. Whew. Great question. I do love Cold Wars because they're cold. You do?
3: Yeah. Oh, like, out of BLT, you really want to eat like a, a, a sharpened, uh, not <laughs> sharpened,
6: just crispy, bro. Yeah, I crunch. like you the want some crunch, crunch in, in there, it, particularly yeah, with the BLT. Yeah. Yes. Ooh, David if,
0: says to be or not to be uh,
6: is the correct answer.
0: All right, there we go. David, you're getting a twenty-five dollar gift card to Midtown Comics. Pete, what is your secret answer?
6: The secret answer is the 2017 hit TV movie, Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. All right. Right on the David, heels of Shark Week.
0: Great. I can't think of anything better to commemorate Nichelle Nichols than with that uh, well, movie. Well, first Thanks.
6: off, yeah. go fuck yourself, because she is many things, uh, uh, was many things, but also had a good sense of humor, and the fact that she was in this movie shows that and mm-hmm. was like, "Yo, oh, this is crazy, but it's a thing right now, so I'm going to get involved." And I a tip of the hat to do that.
3: Yeah, but not like and, Star
0: Trek 4 or something.
3: Wait, that's, that's the too obvious. Um, eul- that's the eulogy you're doing at her funeral? Yeah. What you just said? Pete?
0: Yeah. Yep. Hmm. I mean, I'll change it a little bit for
3: the crowd, but you
6: know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, David, shoot us an email at comicbookclublive.com. No, that's not right. Comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we'll get a gift card off at you. And we'll get a gift card to you, not what Alex said. (laughs) You guys finish off the show. Thanks, guys.
3: (laughs) He's out of gas. I love it. Uh, Tomorrow's new three more shows. Three more shows. Tomorrow's new comic book day. Uh, Let's see. What are you picking up, Alex? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm looking
0: forward to the Dead Lucky number one from Image Comics. This is another spin-off of Radiant Black. I've been loving this universe, so it is always exciting to me when a new title comes out from it. What about you, Justin?
3: Expanding quickly, that universe, by the way. Mm -hmm. I love how fast they're working. Um, I had a lot of good stuff. Uh, we wrote a lot of, of specifically so DC comics <laughs> uh, for this uh, week coming out. Um, let me throw it out to um, Batman Killing Time number six. Um, Tom King book that I feel like was overshadowed by his bat cat stuff. But this book is fantastic. This is some of the best Tom King stuff I've read in quite a some interesting
6: i'm looking forward to getting into that with you i'm gonna go ahead and say little monsters number six uh and twig number four both Mm. banana issues just unbelievable art Banana. meaning you
3: could slip on them and fall to comedic effect as banana issues you're saying no no oh okay just trying to read just trying to read the peat leaves (laughs) Uh, shout out to Uh, batman 126 also chip Zdarsky taking up to new places Oh, yeah.
0: And all of those are going to be in our stack podcast that comes 9 a.m. Wednesday in the Comic Book Club feed and also its dedicated stack feed. And, folks, that is it for this week's show couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Matt Kint. Check out all the Flux House stuff, including Mind Management Bootleg from Dark Horse Comics, as well as Berserker, as we mentioned. Dan Pinozzi, an urban barbarian, is on Zoop right now. Also Canary Zoop. from Comixology. Dallas Ever After from Boom. And if you're listening to the audio podcast, the Valderrama Brothers, you can check out Giants Volume 2, Ghosts of Winter, coming very, very soon from Dark Horse Comics. Next week on the show, Scott, Brian Wilson, and Liana Kangas are going to be here oh, nice. talking about IDW's True Cult, which should be very cool. A couple of other podcasts you can check out. Riverdale After Dark on Riverdale Podcast just finished up season six. Woo. That season was wild, so definitely check Truly. that out. Also, the Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast, yeah, dropping Doom. every Thursday. And coming up very soon next week, Lock and Key Unlocked. Our Lock and Key podcast is coming back. we got a new episode for you, breaking down very quickly the Season 3
3: trailer. But, yeah, yeah we, talk awesome. trailer we talk about the trailer a lot. We've talked about the trailer. Yes, we, we do.
0: Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support the show and all the shows we do. Subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night.
3: Get that Punisher's recipe for soup. Two scoops of
4: raisins. At
1: Parker, our purpose is simple.